Clustered conversations. Clustered conversations. By Weka. Hey there, and welcome back to Clustered Conversations. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And uh, today we are joined by Barbara and uh, Pruitt. Both of them work in our cloud division, Barbara Murphy and Pruitt Chamless. Did I say it right? Uh, right. All right, we'll get there eventually. I'll finally figure out your name one of these days. We'll just call uh, him BP. <laughs> and so we, uh, we're here talking about cloud. So data platform for cloud, Weka, we've talked about so far, um, media entertainment and EDA. And today we're talking about cloud. So, you know, uh, I guess the first question is, uh, let's get a little background. Barbara, how long have you been with Weka? So I joined Weka um, a little over six years ago. I just had my sixth anniversary in the beginning of May. So it's been a really fun journey. I've seen the company grow from total infancy with just myself and Shimon in the office to today. Uh, we're, we're, we're packed to the gills and growing faster than I can imagine. Ah, it's been crazy. Wow. Uh, and then uh, Pruitt, you're the young one. Yes. I, uh, so I joined Weka nine months ago. Uh, and prior to Weka, I spent seven and a half years at AWS. Um, and you know, was there during a very formative, high growth time, you know, saw them, uh, saw the cloud and AWS with them kind of rise to maturity, um, did a, a variety of roles in sales, business development and sales leadership. And, you know, now I lead cloud sales at Weka. Cool. Awesome. Well, it's been nice having you on board. It's been fun to have someone uh, leading that charge as well. Uh, you and Barbara have done a great job of uh, moving us forward in that world. Um, so, I guess one of the questions we ask is why cloud? Why, why, you know, why are we interested in cloud as a storage company? Uh, Barbara, let's hit you. Well, I'm interested in it because it's, um, as far as I'm concerned, it's the future where uh, the whole infrastructure is going. If you look at any of the research information from any of the big um, analysts, such as IDC Gartner, our Flexera, everybody will show you that there is a very positive trajectory and a very fast growth rate in the cloud. So as a storage and infrastructure vendor, if you're not part of that cloud journey, um, you're going to be left um, as a dinosaur um, back in, on, on premises. So for us, I think it's uh, it's the future. Cool. So Pruitt, you might want to try this one. So with clouds, I mean, the thing that everyone talks about is they have all these n native built functions and native storage and native applications. Why Weka? Why would we, uh, you know, why would anybody even choose to run us in the cloud? Sure. So, you know, taking a, a slight step back, you know, when I when I first joined AWS, you know, now eight plus years ago, uh, I think there was something along the lines of like ten services. You know, it was EC2, S3. Um, you had you know kind of basic building block services, and what we've seen over the last you know almost a decade now is. Amazon, AWS, and other cloud providers uh, continue to move up stack and offer uh, managed services and really take undifferentiated heavy lifting off of customers. So, you know, whether that's managed databases, managed data warehouses, man managed file systems. Um, and, but along with that, we see an e a, a very, very rich ecosystem of ISVs building their services and building their solutions on top of Amazon or delivering them as a customer deployed solution in uh, customers and users, Amazon environments um, and, and cloud environments in general. And, you know, so saying, you know, why use Weka in the cloud would be like the same thing as saying, you know, why use Snowflake or why use Databricks? 
Um, you know, today you have a, a variety of native services from Amazon and other cloud providers, um, as well as a rich, rich ecosystem of ISVs um, that provide, you know, about anything that you could imagine from a software standpoint. And so but what 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 uh, what WEC is able to do and why I think, you know, in general, we see uh, uh, businesses and organizations adopting ISVs on the cloud through the cloud is because, you know, of differentiation. Um, you know, Weka has a singular vision to deliver um, the, the highest performance, most feature rich data platform um, under the covers as, as a parallel file system uh, in the market. And so, you know, while Amazon and other cloud providers have a, a, a diverse product vision, they have, you know, hundreds of services um, that they have to, to manage, we're focused on doing one thing and doing one thing really well. And if you look across the ISV landscape, you see um, not only customers embracing um, ISVs that compete with native services from cloud providers, uh, you, you start to see the cloud providers themselves embracing go-to-market motion with, with those same ISVs. And in, in the end, if the, the ISV, um, and in this case, Weka, running on uh, the underlying cloud infrastructure, if we win, the cloud provider wins. And so, you know, customers do, uh, and, and we believe they should choose us on the merits of what we're able to deliver from a performance and ease of use and flexibility and hybrid cloud story that we deliver. Um, and, you know, even within the cloud providers that we work with and, you know, quote unquote, compete with, uh, we see a very uh, cooperative ecosystem where when we win, they win, and when when we win, we win. So, Prude, here's maybe an actually interesting question of of not just why Weka in the cloud, but why the cloud in general? Like you look at kind of in in general and in sort of older times of how high performance computing and and using you know anything that would be really considered high performance, that's always been done in you know highly specialized environments in in data centers that a customer owns. So why would why would one want to use the cloud or cloud services? Sure. So I think to properly unpack this, there's why you know understanding the why cloud in general story, and then there's why the cloud for HPC use cases. So you know why cloud in general is for you know elasticity and speed of scale. Um, you know, ease of experimentation. You can easily uh, instantiate workloads and tear them back down. You can ideate and experiment. Um, you can also perfectly match supply and demand. So pre-cloud, there was no concept of viral success. Um, you could only scale your business, and especially if your business was a technology-oriented business, you could only scale it as quickly as you could scale your infrastructure. So, you know, as we see the concept of viral success, you know, I'll, I'll use DraftKings as an example. Um, you know, they saw an, an you know, exponential uh, amount of compute need on a Sunday morning uh, right before kickoff compared to what they were seeing on a, you know, a Wednesday afternoon with no games going. You know, without the cloud, DraftKings, there's no way they would have been able to scale and meet customer demand in a cost-effective way um, and, and have the type of success that they saw. So, you know, that's kind of the general why cloud. Now, if you translate that into why cloud for HPC, HPC has long been considered kind of one of the last bastions for on-prem. There were certain workloads that, 
you know, were, were largely considered not meant for the cloud. And um, you had practitioners in the space that were the, you know, the, the people putting up the stiff arm uh, for cloud workloads and um, cloud sales teams. And so, you know, what, what we're seeing today is a, a fundamental shift um, related to these types of workloads. You know, we're seeing uh, GPUs in the cloud. We're seeing, um, you know, the, the power of parallel computing and those capabilities are, are, are increasing significantly. And so you're seeing some of these, what I would call last bastion workloads and these HPC workloads um, start to have a, a chance to operate in the cloud. And fortunately enough, Weka operates kind of at the intersection of this paradigm shift. And we're able to deliver through the power of parallelism uh, performance um, across a, a variety of parallels that previously just wasn't available in the cloud. And um, so we're, we're now changing the conversations relative to some of these HPC use cases that were long considered not meant for the cloud. So Barb, I know that our development has been, I mean, from a startup, right? You don't have necessarily a whole bunch of you know, racks of servers sitting around just waiting for people to develop on. That's infrastructure that's expensive. So I know that we have actually been developed in the cloud. Can you kind of go into where and why and how that decision was made? Well, um, for the exact reasons that Prod has talked about, you know, when you're a startup and uh, resources are scarce and cash is scarce, um, building out a lab to be able to build a product like Weka and test and validate and regression test a product like Weka at scale um, would have been cost prohibitive. I mean, the CapEx investment to be able to build out that lab would have never got Weka off the ground. So for us, while the cloud is what we're building for, it also was the enabler to allow us to build the product we built. So, you know, we can run regression tests for three days and then shut it down. Uh, we can avail of things like spot instances and, and write our uh, DevOps to be able to take care of that. So we ourselves are both um, a product of building something for the cloud and also a classic example of somebody who's using the, who's getting the best out of what the cloud offers um, allowing us to scale and obviously over time it's interesting because we have had to build an on-prem um, lab as well so we can test things like what it feels like an on-prem customer but um, but essentially the co the company, and our IP was born in the cloud, which also in some ways, if you look at the, the things that kind, the really differentiate Weka, we have, we've, we're used to working in a completely virtualized environment. We didn't have to take a product that was built to run on an appliance and then try and virtualize it to run in the cloud. It's actually the other way around. So from that perspective, that's why it's so seamless and easy for us to be able to leverage things like cloud resources, uh, be able to leverage things like S3. Um, and we actually, even our engineering team, they looked at the things that were available in AWS and said, hey, you know what? You can do auto-scaling. Why can't we do auto-scaling? Let's, let's do auto-scaling. So we're doing auto-scaling because it's already there. We're, we're tiering to S3 because it was already there. Um, and all these things were, were kind of part of what we could do because of the fact that we have this, you know, as, as Pruitt put it, infinite, um, resources that are available to us to begin with. So, so we have start.weka.io, which is a cloud formation template for AWS today, which is kind of nice. It's a simple way to get started. And then we have our auto scaling um, stuff that's linked to out of our documentation. So people get that running. 
It makes it really easy for customers to get started with Weka. What other clouds are we looking at? I know a couple of that I've tested in. Uh, where are we at today with uh, you know some of our cloud integration? Where we're going with that, Barbara? So um, I think it was uh, recently made publicly available that we now are on the um, Oracle Cloud OCI, um, and so that's that's uh, off and to the races, and and we're actually already seeing very good engagement and traction on on OCI. Which, if you look at uh, the OCI as as a cloud, you know um, they're small, but I think they're really nimble, and they've done a very smart thing, which is they focused on particular areas where they can be a center of excellence. And right now, that key area that they're focused on is is AI and GPU accelerated compute. That's a perfect marriage with Weka, um, and so Weka is your your file system of choice running on OCI for your you know high performance and accelerated compute. AI workloads. So I really like the way they've approached the cloud because it's it's you know they're they're focused and and they're going after the same customers as we are. Um, obviously, as we look towards um, the future, you know, uh, for us it's important that we have a multi-cloud strategy, um, and so that's something that we're we're actively um, engaged in from a from a company perspective. But at this point, um, I'll say stay tuned for the next uh, podcast to find out more. So I know Josh did a lot of work with uh, some folks at Oracle, and uh, there's a, a nice there's a nice blog post that came out that showed uh, Josh's favorite uh, number, which is two terabytes a second of throughput. My favorite oh. number is two. This yeah, is true. It's a good number. I don't uh, have to count too high. It's great. And, and by to, the way, I don't guys, have to change that, the toes either. That, that's <laughs> nothing to sniff at. You know, we're looking at supercomputing centers that would kill to be able to uh, present a number like that. And I think if you, if I was correct, this was only running on a few hundred instances. It wasn't like it was a massive, you know, lab that, that stretched for racks and racks of, of equipment. Yeah. More importantly, those systems only had a single SSD each in them. So they actually weren't even fully utilizing their 100 gig connectivity that they had. They were only doing five or six gigabyte per second. So maybe half of what they potentially could have done if they had a second NVMe in them. Wow. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a great test. I mean, Josh was uh, giddy when he, when he got to that number. It was number. pretty fun. It yeah. was pretty cool. Like, and for anyone, for anyone non-technical listening, you know, where two terabytes per second of throughput, you know, m- might not be contextual. I've, I've been told by uh, my colleagues, Bob and Josh, that this is insanely fast. Um, I can tell you <laughs> that uh, an internal technical Slack channel was extremely, extremely excited about this. This, this you know, this should be considered... Um, you know, a, a pretty high bar um, from a throughput standpoint, from a from a performance standpoint. Cool. So, so um, going forward, and maybe you can answer this, Pruitt, or maybe Barbara, one of you guys. Uh, what are our plans plans for new instances? How do we keep up with the changing landscape of the cloud? Like in Amazon, they're releasing new instances right now. What are Thanks. our and as we go to other guys, like I know that the uh, you know other cloud providers, they they rotate instances every four to six months. What is what is our plan to stay as current as possible with those things? Well, that's just part of the ongoing um, process for um, for keeping you know keeping the most up to date, best cost, uh, best economic um, instances around. So, for example, the new i four instances. In fact, uh, we just this week got you know update that we have um, i four bare metal. So we you know we just keep um, in very tight. Uh, um, lockstep with our partners in the partner marketing side and places like AWS 
to ensure that when they're delivering new instance types that we've uh, tested and validated them um, and are ready to go as soon as they come out. So that's kind of just part of the normal, I would say, engineering and QA process that we run. And the great thing about it is, generally speaking, as new instances come out, they're better than the old instances. So they're better from a performance standpoint. They're better from a pricing standpoint. So by adopting, you know, new infrastructure that's available, you know, as quickly as possible, it actually enables us to improve our value proposition to customers. So this is, you know, new infrastructure and um, new technology being released by cloud providers um, is a, a key way for us to increase our value to our customers. Cool. So let me change gears just a little bit. Uh, Barb, where are you seeing like really a lot of uptake of, of movement into the cloud or maybe new markets being developed inside the cloud that are like well, using Weka or just something? What's interesting right now? So what, well, first of all, you know, COVID and the cloud are, for, are they're probably the one uh, thing that I can say that COVID was positive for was the acceleration of workloads to the cloud. Um, but I think one of the most interesting uh, trends that I've seen, which by the way, was, was not a, it's not a vertical Weka focused on. It's not, we didn't put any effort into it. People found Weka in the cloud and that is around media and entertainment. And I know you guys have done a podcast on that, but it's such a great fit because you know, you have these small studios, um, they can win a really nice post-production contract with one of the big houses like a Netflix or somebody, um, and they can work on that project for three, four weeks or a month or two months and shut it down and they're done. So there's, it's given complete agility to the post-production market and made it completely independent. Everybody, you know, you and, and your brother can now start their own post-production house as long as you're creative cats the infrastructure is there and you only have to pay for it on an OPEX basis based on the, the jobs that you've already won. So you can bid for the job and then afterwards you can turn around and, um, and you know, if you win it, you can run it. And if you don't win it, you're no worse out of pocket. Um, but the other big area that we're seeing a huge transition is in the life sciences space around genomics. Um, and um, again, I think it's the availability of on-demand compute resources as you're running these, you know, huge um, uh, GATK pipelines or stuff like that. It's just a really good fit because your your data is, you know, is um, is can be stored in S3. You can spin up a very large cluster. You can spin up a small cluster. Um, you can shut down the clusters when you don't want to do them. So it, it works really well in terms of the life cycle of um, of, of uh, both genomics and uh, M&E. Um, and I think last, uh, last but not least, I know you also talked about EDA. That's also a very nice complementary um, workload that fits well within the cloud. Where, where I think, you know, it's always harder is if you have a massive HPC environment that's working 24-7, 365, um, all around the clock, you know, it's probably likely that your, you know, your on-premises solution will be, you know, perfectly adequate for that and possibly even more cost-effective than the cloud. But when it comes to uh, bursty and um, I would say project-based work, that's where it really suits it well. Cool. Uh, I know that we are our own first customer in the cloud because we do a lot of our development. There, and also as SEs, we use 
Jenkins to do rollouts of uh, environments for our guys to test and do demos on. Uh, and we've got some uh, other Ansible scripts built around the whole thing. Um, you know, I'm trying to get where I'm going with this, but basically how are we as a company, you know, are we suited to help customers in this cloud journey to help them develop workloads and develop, you know, workflows to help them get started in cloud? Is that something we've been working on collaterals or, or, or services through our uh, PS department? Um, absolutely. Well, I think the first thing about Weka is if you're if you think about the Weka uh, pl- data platform, the, the first thing that makes it truly um, game changing is the fact that it's you're all the day you buy Weka on prem, you've already started the ability to have your journey to the cloud, because our ability to be able to do attach a bucket that could be an AWS from an on premises cluster and tiering data, you know, uh, to that S3 bucket and snapshotting um, to the object store and being able to respin that up in the cloud, you're from day one, you're already ready. And, and you know, that's been like one of the things when I talk to um, IT teams, that's one of the things they really like is the fact that they're not having to, it's not an either or with Weka. You really get that, you know, I, I, I think we're going to do some stuff in the cloud, but I'm not sure yet then that's great because the day you decide to do it, you've already got all the tools and you don't, there's not a bit of software difference between what you run on prem and on the cloud. It's exactly the same. Every last bit is exactly the same. I think we might've talked about this before, Josh, but you know, snap to object is what pops to mind, right? The ability to take that on-site data that's sitting there and uh, snap it up to an object store, sits up there. And then you can go ahead and point another Weka cluster that's running in the cloud directly and start bursting to it. So that's a quick way to get things working. Um, and then we also, when we're in the cloud, and even on site, you can tier to an object store, in this case, S3 or someone, one of the other guys' object stores, and be able to expand the file system and take advantage of all that capacity that's available out there through S3. So you're not just bound by the NVMe tier. You can, you can do a, a better um, cost modeling by having the lower cost tier of S3 on the back end. And perhaps even more interesting to that, you know, having that that cost modeling and, and being able to do that sort of blended economics is is great. You know, fantastic way to kind of bring down the total cost of ownership. But being able to have that hybrid model of having your on-prem solution being able to burst into the cloud and realistically any cloud or maybe another data center or a partner data center or something else to be able to foster that journey to bring your data to where the compute is and, and, and still have extremely high performance uh, data access to that data. That's, I think, really, really interesting to be able to break that data gravity to, to use an old euphemism and, and take it to wherever it needs to be. Yeah, we've had some discussions recently with uh, universities and researchers who are doing work around the world. I mean, they have you know, people in almost every United, university in the United States and also through South America and Europe, and they collect data and want to be able to centrally locate it, but be able to uh, remotely access it and be able to do work on it. So each one has different uh, uh, grants and different kind of um, theories that they want to test, but they want to be able to use the same pool of data. So this is we're trying to figure out how to use Weka and S3 and all these different pieces to be able to give them that local access, but have a central repository to manage it all. So, you know, I think the cloud is the only way you can do that. There's no other real way to be able to get the world together in one place and one computing infrastructure. So, cool. Um, Certainly a challenge. 
how about anything else you guys want to talk about? Prude, is there anything else, you know, that you can think of in the cloud that we, we missed? Yeah, well, not necessarily that we missed, but just ex- expanding on the previous topic. And, you know, I spent uh, the better part of a decade at AWS, um, you know, kind of developing an understanding that, you know, words like hybrid and burst were, were four-letter words. And that, um, you know, the future was all cloud all the time. And that if, you know, if you, if you felt like uh, the cloud was too expensive or wasn't delivering what you needed, it was a, a function of architecture um, rather than, than reality or, or misnomer rather than reality. And, you know, in the time that I've been at Weka, I think that, you know, there, as it relates to hybrid cloud, we're, you know, we're seeing and hearing from customers that there, there are certain types of workloads where, you know, truly hybrid is a long-term vision and, and, you know, the ability to um, have a hybrid architecture and, and be able to um, burst into the cloud for elasticity is something that's, you know, these are concepts that are probably going to be around for a while. Um, and, you know, in particular, uh, we see, you know, I see a long-term need for hybrid in the life science space. Um, you know, you, you, you have devices that live and exist on-prem. This might be a genomic sequencer. It might be a cryomicroscope. It might be an x-ray machine. And these devices are generating data. And due to uncontrollable factors, um, you could potentially, in, a, in an all-cloud architecture, have these, these devices lose access to the cloud. And so for risk mitigation purposes, you need to have the ability to offload the data from these devices on-premises. And some, some level of work, short, medium, and long-term might be done on-premise. But then there's the ability for that data to be moved into the cloud for you know, computing and analysis at massive scale. And so what we're seeing is these hybrid workflows that WEC is enabling for cryomicroscopy and uh, genomics research and um, uh, x-ray data, you know, any data that's being generated on-prem and allowing these, these organizations to really effectively make use of the cloud. Um, so that's, you know, in, in a sense, that's kind of like my view on, on the long-term related to hybrid cloud. And then as it relates to any customer's journey to the cloud, the good news is Weka can meet you wherever you are. So if you haven't, if, if, if you're, you know, you were born in the cloud, you're completely in the cloud, everything you do is cloud native. You know, we see customers that see value in Weka as a means to reduce time to, to insights and outcomes, you know, to take advantage of elasticity and, and use less compute infrastructure for the same thing and save money. Um, you know, for customers that want to move workloads to the cloud more quickly, we can enable them to, you know, operate more effectively in a hybrid modality uh, and get data into the cloud and make it usable more quickly. So, you know, th- this this notion that one, the future landscape is, you know, going to look like a lot of different things relative to all in the cloud and hybrid and on-prem. Um, and we can support all of those workflows. And then also that, you know, there are going to be certain certain modalities that hybrid truly is a, a long-term vision. And, and we help accommodate that in a pretty elegant way. So I guess to paraphrase Perfect. a meme, you know, get in users, we're going clouding. Going clouding. <laughs> All right, Barbara, how about you? Anything else we missed? Well, you know, 
I think it's a whole another podcast and I'm going to recommend it, but we didn't even get to talk about the value of um, containers vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis, uh, what that means for the cloud. I know we're running out of time, but I think that that in itself is an entire um, interesting topic. And I, and again, perfect uh, marry between um, between WACA and the cloud. So that's something that we should uh, we should talk about more as well. All right. Next time we'll uh, we'll hit stuff. more containering. Containerizing. Yep. Containering in the cloud. Containering in the cloud. Containerating. <laughs> Just don't be cantankerous. All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much for joining us again. Another great uh, clustered conversation. So thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Pruitt, for joining us. And for uh, I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. Thanks for and coming. Thanks for listening.